0: Welcome to this week's episode of eSports Wrap. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan, and today we're going to be talking about, well, betting and eSports and cryptocurrencies and a lot of things that typically aren't a part of what you would really consider eSports. Now, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of different things about it, and some of it is it might be a little bit odd. So we're going to start off by talking about this whole, uh, betting situation. So let's, uh, let's take a start, say a few years ago. And actually, actually, you know what, let me, let me take it a little step further back, betting in sports is not a new tradition. It's actually something that's been done for centuries. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did it back in the uh, BC AD time. Well, early AD times uh, when it came to gladiatorial matches, when it came to races, that kind of thing. I mean, it happens even today with uh, poker, with uh, particular teams winning. Heck, I mean, there's already fantasy um, baseball in that aspect as well where you know people can win money based off of a fantasy kind of thing that's happening. So it's not that much of a stretch to say that it's going to be it's going to be a thing when it comes to esports. So it's kind of hard to really uh put a meter or gauge to esports, but we can take a look at some of the metrics that Actually come from some market research companies that have actually decided, you know, that they're gonna take a look at that. Now, there is a study that was done by a company called New zoo. and the study pretty much claims that the esports industry is currently worth about six hundred and ninety-six million dollars, and that this figure is expected to increase more than twofold up to one point five billion by the year 2020. Now, that doesn't include any revenue that bookmakers get from eSports. That's just, you know, the typical sponsors, the paying out, the, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, now, if you were to add that up, then it would be way higher than that actual statistic. So how fast is it actually growing? Well, there's a number of bookies for for the lack of phrasing. Um, And they're growing more and more every day. I mean, quite literally, if you just type in esports betting, which I'm doing right now, I am going to get there's one for Counter Strike Go, all Dota 2, and it's apparently calling itself the best betting site. There's another one right underneath that says best bet, best esports or odds. Um, there's another one underneath that says esports betting and odds online. And another website. Apparently that one does news and analysis and reports for betting sites. Uh, there's another one, betting and odds. There's another one uh, saying that would actually give the website name. Followed up by the top six <laughs> betting sites in 2017. Uh then a an actual betting site. The betting site, odds, and latest esports bets, bonuses, so on and so forth. So there is about a few. And the Google search within itself is giving about 484,000 results. And that's only just within the English-speaking market. That's not talking because, you know, it doesn't show things from other markets that may not be inside a certain language or so on and so forth so if we just go based on that i think that gives us a a fair amount of understanding so with all these places that actually do it the actually the very first company that i the very first website i would have talked about there was a report done by them um that took them six years it took them six years to reach two million bets when it came to esports And again, those particular esports came from Counter-Strike, LOL, Dota 2. Actually, let's take a look at their website really quick. Uh, Esports Home. Apparently, they have StarCraft 2, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone, World of Tanks, Warcraft 3, StarCraft, Brood War, Rocket League, and King of Glory. Uh... (laughs) These are actually kind of interesting in the fact that the website is fairly well done. Apparently, they have had 8 million esports bets placed on their website alone since 2010. And they even have a post saying about their 5 million bet. Um, So their fifth... That's a really hard way to say it. But their 5th million bet. I guess you would call it. Anyway. So yeah. It took them 6 years to reach 2 million. Then they reached that milestone. In November of 2015. Having started. Way back in 2010. Okay. Then. and I'm reading from a, a place called. No Techie for this particular part. Since they are the one that actually put this. Uh compile this but they can attest to the painstakingly slow improvement of the esports betting industry uh however it took a sudden turn of events in october of 2016 when they surprisingly reached 4 million so that's about a year and it doubled what it took them six years to do that's interesting And then they're saying that people are not anymore too much concerned about how to place eSports bets because all information that relates to it is now available everywhere because, you know, eSports is slowly but surely becoming a thing. So, apparently four months after that, after October 2016, so that's November, January, sorry, November, December, January uh february of 2017 they are saying the number of uh bets reached that 5 million and that proves how big of an industry esports betting has become and that's just that one site and pinnacle which no i actually just gave the name um is expecting to reach their 10th million bets come 2018. Now, again, I want to reiterate the, the point of this is that it is actually, and only and truly the very, this is the only website that we're talking about. I've already like explained. There are many, many others that do the same type of betting, have large pools, so on and so forth. So when you're taking a look at the actual bets, this is well within the millions. I think we can safely bet. Um, <laughs> pun fully intended, I guess. Safely bet. Now, what they're saying is that improved technology also leads to higher competitiveness because every second that passes by in the global interconnectedness is becoming more of a thing. The results are in faster internet connections and better gaming performance between players. So, essentially what they're saying is that as players improve their gaming uh where should i put it pretty much how they how the players improve so do the odds put on the stake and this means bigger and bigger bets it's very similar to you know the horse that's supposed to win the race because you know pure breed lots of training like it's the favorite to win because of all these different things more and more people are probably going to put a bigger bet onto that And, you know, considering that esports is becoming more and more uh, well-known and the fan base is growing bigger and bigger with all these other games that are coming in, I mean, just look at this the website we talked about. That's about almost 10 games right there that they are accepting bets on. And, you know, each one's going to have its own market because, you know, people... Well, are more than likely going to start taking a look at the games that they prefer to either watch or that the players that they actually can more relate to or can appreciate more. So, with the bigger fan base comes, of course, the tournaments that are sponsored by companies. Um, They're using the example of Dota 2's The International, uh, which is an annual gaming tournament uh, where the best Dota 2 players come together from around the world to compete in a global arena where thousands of people go to. Um, So while things like this are happening, uh, for example, um, apparently there is a... Our two teams, Newbie and Team Secret, had 11.0 and 13.0 odds. The lower-end teams like Infamous, Excretion and Hellraiser's were low with their eighty one a hundred and well eighty one point zero hundred and one point zero and a hundred and twenty six point zero odds respectively you know the lower your odd the higher your chance of winning or at least that's what people are expecting. Um so when you take into that and the fact that there's some tournaments that really have like a 25 million dollar pool pool and then who knows maybe some of the teams will get some of the money back from these bets there's a lot to be made not only by the players but also by the people who just enjoy these sports and that's what they are they they they're officially becoming sports and we're gonna talk about that and like actually them being listed as sports by bigger sports centric venues in another episode um actually we kind of touched on that a little bit inside one of my earlier episodes the traditional game ah, traditional sports and esports. so if, i mean if you want to listen in on that feel free to that's on youtube that's on the podcast so that should be an interesting listen as well but then there are other aspects to it as well, like cryptocurrencies and blockchain. Now, a lot of people don't quite understand how this is really becoming a thing, especially, you know, how, how do cryptocurrencies really fit into esports? So here's the thing. Because of the major investors, high profile celebrities that are endorsing them and buying teams and uh, backing them, that kind of thing, along with big brand sponsors and major tech companies, you know, esports within itself is becoming quite profitable and the margins for it are just continuously going up and up as the years go by. So, for example, if we take a look at esports revenue from 2006, we were looking at about uh 500 million and 2020 they're saying it's going to be you know 1.5 billion like i said earlier and then the audience has also been growing because from 2016 the occasional viewer was if you combine both the occasional viewer and the esports enthusiast you were getting about 324 million viewers either in-person or online. And, you know, 2020, that's looking at about 590 million viewers. The same going, you know, in between. They're saying that the core audience is about 16 to 36 years of age, and as we can probably guess, it's majority male. It's 85% males that are actually watching it. And the average household income of the eSport fan is about 75 thousand dollars a year. So you never know. Uh if it's one person doing it then uh, they're doing that, then they may have some money to burn in case they want to. But I'm slightly deviating, aren't I? Let's get back to the whole blockchain and cryptocurrency aspect of things. So blockchain is becoming <laughs> uh a how should I put it? A buzzword in recent media. People are talking about blockchain and like disrupting businesses uh, and things that have nothing to do with financials and stuff like that. But this one, it has a little bit more to do with financials and um, more so the transactions and the data for the entire sector. So, gamers. Uh, blockchains and digital currencies aren't really new because most of us already knew about them and you know most of us already knew about Bitcoin and Ethercoin and a number of other coins that have popped up across the world now This allows for you know people to start adapting to some of these newer technologies because we already kind of know about it We know the basis behind it and you know, for the most part that it's secure, as so long as no one gets access to your stuff, much like your bank account, it's secure unless people get into access to your bank account. Now, part of that has to do with age. And as we already mentioned, you know, the typical age is from 16 to 36. So that's people who are in the younger age group, uh, grouping and more than half of esports enthusiasts are you know typically between 21 and 35 so they're early adopters of technology and you know that does include bitcoin and blockchain so how does that really apply so in case someone's trying to start up and they're trying to deploy something like smart contracts or to fuel betting host tournaments or you know even ease the purchase of virtual assets then they can take a look at an ecosystem built around blockchain so consider it like this if a betting system or even a blockchain that's based around esports let's call it esport esport ah that's kind of a little weird esports coin for lack of a better word That would allow for people to make bets securely. The purchase of trading skins and cosmetic items securely. Uh, So imagine, you know, you are a pro gamer. You, you know, you won a tournament. You get these uh, esports coins that you can then use to buy um, items inside the game, buy items in real world, because this is now becoming a an actual ecosystem about this kind of thing. Uh, You can buy new hardware to actually play on, new games, new... uh, That kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure you get where I'm going with this. And as for the bettors, they can bet and get their money securely without having to worry about being in a place, having to worry about credit card fraud, uh, things along those lines, unless, again, someone hacks into it. And the chances of that with Bitcoin and whatnot are low. They're not improbable, but they are lower than something like credit card fraud. So, tournaments for the most part are a way of life for avid esports gamers, and you know, online gaming platforms are starting to embrace blockchain and uh, seeing a way to pay off things. So, for example, First Blood. An esports platform created on the etherum blockchain so here we go with them actually using a particular kind of blockchain decentralizes tournament setup and winnings distributions so yeah that exactly goes along with what i was saying that you know you pay to get in with using a bitcoin and well a blockchain coin and then you get your winnings distributed through that blockchain back to you so it allows players to really test their skills And bet on games without having to be dependent on traditional money transfers, financial regulations, middleman corruption, which has actually been a pretty big thing when it comes to traditional sports. Um, I mean, just look at FIFA and the scandal that had, I think it was just last year with people funneling money. And I mean, that's not the only place that's had issues like that. So there are legitimate worries when it comes to using actual money with these things. They're also saying with First Blood, players can game solo or with a team in order to improve their skill through games in a competitive environment. There are other blockchain companies like Gilgam, Eloplay that have entered the tournament space as well. And, you know, when you really take a look at it, they're saying that while fostering in tournament environments can help players sharpen their skills, There's a lot to take things one step further by lessening the barrier of entry when it comes to building and managing teams. So, okay, here's here's what that really means. There's currently about 1.4 billion registered gamers. So those are the gamers who, you know, use platforms that, you know, would say that they are a gamer and that allow people to really, like, pull metrics from. Uh, most of these players are concentrated around the more competitive sports that include League of Legends, you know uh, Counter-Strike, Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, Dota 2, Overwatch, Call of Duty so on and so forth now League of Legends of course has about 250 million players who want to build and grow and manage their teams But there's only about a hundred the League of Legends clubs worldwide So if we take a look at football a traditional sport, there's more than 300 million players globally and about 300,000 clubs You can see the disparity now, right? so There is a company, Dream Team, which has created a platform to try and solve that kind of thing to create more clubs worldwide. And what they're doing is they take blockchain-powered tournaments one step further by creating a recruitment and management platform for amateur, novice, and pro teams. So that's where the whole smart contract comes in, which ensures that contractual financial relations... So in other words, you getting your money from these games and whatnot for all users without participation, without participation, participation of third parties. So no middleman or anything like that. Their aim is to aid with the development of small tournaments and secure payments on their platform. When a team that participates in a tournament gets a winning place. So one, two, three, four, maybe up to five, uh, the prize money automatically transfers to their account according to predefined rules. So it's taken from the game's APIs, application, program interface, oracles, or a service that verifies the data independently. And all players receive their share of the prize money without any issues or delay. So there's no matter of, okay, well, you've won this tournament. We're going to take two weeks to get back to you with your money. You get it as soon as you win. And it's split up the way how it should be. This is just one aspect that they say that they are envisioning the platform developing into a multi-billion dollar ecosystem built right upon media rights, sales, sponsorships, player salaries, and prize money. So in other words, everything that has to do with financials, they will be trying to do it through blockchain, which again, you know, it's more secure. It's instant there's no worry about conversion of funds unless you're converting actual money to these blockchain uh, cryptocurrencies. So, as blockchain really starts picking up, and it more than likely will at some point, to really start to take over when it comes to not only esports but traditional sports as well, especially when it comes to payments, uh, when it comes to sponsorships very much the same thing i think we're kind of playing one off the other at this point when it comes to traditional and esports you know you bring in the advertisers the big name sponsors the uh, actual team building the leagues the so on and so forth you're taking that from traditional sports you're putting that into esports and from esports you're getting all the digital management stuff along with all of the other things that come from esports even if it's playing like regular sports games that may actually help people look at the actual real games being played to actually learn more about the players and so on and so forth. So it's, it's an interesting little duality that's actually happening with the real world gaming and the digital form of gaming. Overall though, you know, tech savvy individuals will start embracing blockchain as things start along. and a lot of people are thinking that this is a ripe time for rethinking and actually jumping on board. So that's a lot to really take in. I will end pretty much leaving you there and leaving you with those thoughts. So overall though, It is an interesting concept. It may take some more time, maybe about another year or two before it really starts to become a thing. But this might become quite a powerhouse of back-end support for players, for sponsors, for tournament holders to actually manage this stuff properly. And I think it's a good thing. I think it is. So, yes, I will end off there. And just a reminder for everyone, Esports Wrap will be back next week uh, on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You'll be able to watch me and my guests next Thursday. So that's this upcoming Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash M-O-A-R underscore cookies. And you can watch the edited versions on youtube at youtube.com slash more moar cookies and of course you can listen to our podcast at morecookies.com or by going to apple podcast google play music or a number of other pod websites that we would already be on by now so until next time this is your host again michael amargan take care